welcome to Bible Talk with Jane and Shannon. I'm Jane. I'm Shannon. Today we're going to talk about God's crazy out-of-this-world provision. Yes, how God provides for his people and how God provides for each and every one of us. You know, I, okay, so I thought there's a reason why I thought of to do this today. And so I went through all of it. I was sure we'd done one on provision because we have experienced God's provision our entire mm-hmm. marriage in miraculous ways and we have never done one. So it is very time. It's time for us to talk about it. Mm. I, I'll tell you why it came to my mind today because I was, uh, uh, I, in, in my journal in the morning, I, I often write prayers. So it's to Jesus or whatever. And then I was thinking about our own kids and I was thinking about if we help them out or whatever. And I was thinking specifically about one child that we've helped, uh, that family out quite a bit, which is fine. I don't mind, but it's not that we wouldn't help the other ones out of, but we tend to be closer to this one child because we're really involved in their lives and that's doing their part. That's mm-hmm. because we, they let us into their lives. And I think of us as God's children, God has promised he'll provide all our needs and he also will provide us good things. But I, I think we see more of God's provision the closer we are to him. Not yeah, that he doesn't I, provide all the time, but we We notice. recognize it yeah. more, yeah. And that is actually one of the names of God, Jehovah Jireh. The oh. Lord will provide. When is that first said? Do you know? Um, that is Abraham. Oh, and I'll read that. Genesis twenty two fourteen. This is when he's taken Isaac up to sacrifice him on the, on the mountain. And it says, when they, Abraham and Isaac, uh, well, wait, my father and Isaac said to his father, Abraham, this is 22, seven in, in Genesis. Here I am, my son. He said, behold, the fire in the wood, but where's the lamb for a burnt offering? Abraham said, God will provide for himself the lamb for a burnt offering, my son. So they went both of them together. When they came to the place of which God told him, Abraham built the altar there and laid the wood in order and bound Isaac, his son, laid him on the altar on top of the wood. Then Abraham reached out his hand and took the knife to slaughter his son. But the angel of the Lord called to him from heaven and said, Abraham, Abraham. And he said, here I am. He said, do not lay your hand on the boy or do anything to him. For now I know that you fear God, seeing you have not withheld your son, your only son from me. And Abraham lifted up his eyes and looked. And behold, behind him was a ram caught in a thicket by his horns. And Abraham went and took the ram and offered it up as a burnt offering instead of his son, so Abraham called the name of that place, the Lord will provide. Jehovah Jireh, right there. Yep. As it is said to this day, on the mount of the Lord, it shall be provided. Mm-hmm. I think part of that story is a culture kind of thing that we can't quite understand it. Because I think at that time, um, God did say, go sacrifice your son. But there were God's not real gods, but idols that people sacrificed children to as in, so I don't think God would ever tell us. I shouldn't say never with God, but I guess I can't see him saying, Shannon, go sacrifice Hawken on the altar. Well, this was a new relationship. This was a new relationship between God and Abraham. They had been together for a little while. True. Um, 
but the one thing they lo- he longed for the most was a son. Mm-hmm. And when he finally got him, mm-hmm. God said, would you give him to me? Right, right, right. And would you be willing to sacrifice the one thing you wanted most in the world mm-hmm. for me? Mm-hmm. And when he was, God provided. Yes. God said, I'll take care of that detail. Uh, Psalm 68, 10 says, your flock found a dwelling in it. In your goodness, O God, you provided for the needy. So, oh, here, I want to say it is the tendency of humans to try to worry and fret about how things are going to get paid for, how things mm-hmm. are going to get provided for, especially if, you know, if, if money's tight or whatever, and then we stress about it. But Jesus, uh, I just thought of a verse. It's in Matthew 6, mm-hmm. um, 25. Therefore, I tell you, do not be anxious about your life, what you'll eat, what you'll drink, nor right. about your body. What will you put on? Is not life... Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air. Right. They neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, yet your Father, Heavenly Father feeds them. And that's that's a concept, too. I'm going to grab onto yeah. that just a little bit. The concept of the Father, the Heavenly Father, the caring Father. You know, we would, we would expect, you know, Jesus says, you know, if you as evil humans... Care oh. for your children. How much more will God mm-hmm. care for you? And that um, that concept of a loving and caring father, where he the basic needs mm-hmm. shouldn't even be a consideration. Right. Of course, that's going to be considered. Right. You know, children growing up did not wonder, "Are we going to eat tonight?" Right. There was well, always food. Yeah. You know, um, even times when there wasn't much. Right the kids did not have to worry about whether or not they were going to starve. Mm-hmm. There are children in the world, obviously, that do, and that that is a absolute crime in my opinion. But on the other hand, um, this concept of God caring, even David, uh, Psalm 23 is so well known, mm-hmm. but he says, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Mm-hmm. Right there, I shall not want. I will not need anything other than God. I've got God, i got everything. If I don't have God, i got nothing. No matter how much wealth you had, if you did not have God, yeah. you'd be you'd have nothing. That's poverty. True poverty is the lack of God. Yes. I here's the thought that I've realized that okay, for God to provide what you need, like let's say you need money and he that is no big deal to God. Everything belongs to him. So right. we need not worry, but there's that um Prince Caspian, the second Mm. I haven't seen him for years, but the second one in the Land of the Witch and the Wardrobe right. movie, how they did it. Well, at the end, you know, it's their meager few people who are going against the wicked king or whatever. And and it looks like all is lost. I mean, they have no other people coming to help them. And the king has so much force. But then the very trees... Mm. come out of the ground and fight for them. And I know that it's a story, but it reminds me that God, he has all the resources in the entire universe. If he wants to send a hailstone down or if he wants, he can do whatever. Mm. And we sometimes put him in a box and we think, oh, there's no way God can do this. God can do anything. If he wanted to rain dollar bills down, he could do that. I mean, it doesn't matter. Well, and I think... You're going along with the, the good father thing. 
I think God delights in surprising us yeah, in provision. Um, there, there have been many times in our marriage where um, we didn't know where the next, where the bills are going to get paid or how mm-hmm. things are going to happen. And God would take care of it in ways that were unexpected mm-hmm. and a surprise. Mm-hmm. The way, you know, we give our children or our grandchild something and we'd love to see him unwrap it and be mm-hmm. surprised by it. I think God does the same thing. Mm-hmm. I think he delights in our joy of the unexpected. He, yes, yes. And that unexpected, that, that concept of unexpected joy. Um, but we have to. I think to, is, is something God, God really likes himself. But we have to, like in Isaiah 40, 31, where it says, those who wait in the Lord will renew their strength. Mm-hmm. When we wait with expectation, if we jump ahead of God and just figure it out ourselves, it might work, but it's like us stumbling along. It and never we, works. And we miss the blessing, whatever the it end, was. In the end, it never really works because um, it might be a temporary solution. But yeah. It's usually a long-term problem follows that temporary solution. Yes, yes. You know, um, instead of waiting on God, you use credit cards to pay something off. And it now works you have the credit card debt and the, and the interest, and all those other things, complicating things, when sometimes you just need to wait. Mm-hmm. Um, and how can we deny that God will give us everything we need when he sent Jesus? Yeah, what else would he withhold? When he sent Christ to us and let him die for our sins, why would we think he's not going to help pay the rent? Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's amazing to me how as humans, how easy it is for us to forget to mm-hmm. how God answers prayer and something happens. And shortly after that, we forget that and we try and solve things ourselves or fix things ourselves or, or doubt that God, like I said, doubt that God's actually going to do anything when he just did. Mm-hmm. How can you forget that? He just did that. I think there's one a, a kind of situation. I think sometimes we think, well, he won't, do anything because let's say we're in a really bad financial situation and it's completely our fault. Mm -hmm. Like we made some really poor choices and now we find ourselves in, in a really bad place. It's really, I think it's the tendency to us to think that, well, God's not going to do anything because this is all my fault. I deserve this. But if you go to him, he will help you through that. He'll give you the, he is so creative Mm -hmm. and Let's say you owe $5,000 and your solution would be someone just send me a check for $5,000. Well, God, I think that's sometimes when we miss his provision because he doesn't provide how we think he's going to provide. He just has so many, he has, he's, well, he created creativity. Mm -hmm. So he might do it. He will do it in a different way than you expect. And I agree with that. And I also think that, God is providing in ways we don't recognize and we don't necessarily um, understand or give him credit for Mm. the jobs that we have, Mm -hmm. the gifts that we have, Mm -hmm. the talent that we have, the physical ability that we might have, Mm -hmm. you know, especially with Hawken, you know, Hawken is unable to do anything for himself. He can bite his fingers. The most he can do is make a noise if he needs help with something, but that's all he can do. And God has provided us to take care of him, mm-hmm. but he has provided us with all we need to take care of him. Mm-hmm. He's pr- provided us with the strength and us with the us with the ability to do so. And if oh, 
with time and age that starts to fade, he'll provide another way to take care of it. Um, God gives us these gifts that we have. It's not that we earned them, that we deserve them. Um, you have a gift for writing. Um, I teach. All of those things come from God. Mm -hmm. And we need to recognize the fact that our everyday life, including the paycheck that I get for the job that I do, mm -hmm. comes from God. Right. Everything comes from God. And if for some reason uh, all that was taken away, I mean, you uh -huh. lost all retirement, you lost everything, he would still provide. It would just mm -hmm. be a different way. And we might wonder how he's going to do it, but I have no doubt he will. Right. Whatever. And here, um, uh, this is, and we have talked about this on a podcast, but this goes along with provision. I rejoiced in oh, Philippians 4, 10, and 11. I rejoiced in the Lord greatly that now at length you have revived your concern for me. You were indeed concerned for me, but you had no opportunity. Not that I'm speaking from being in need, for I've learned in whatever situation I am mm -hmm. to be content. And that contentment is something we all desperately should want to learn. We all can learn contentment in all situations. But if you're not content, if you're not in a contented place, then it doesn't matter. If you would get millions of dollars, you're still not going to be content. Because contentment isn't based on the outward. It's based on the inward. Mm -hmm. And if you are content on the inward, then you will be a whole lot wiser if God does bring provision, extra provision into your life. Otherwise, and I think he wants us to learn that because anything that we are given in life is provision from him. And ultimately everything belongs to him and he wants us to be wise with absolutely everything in our lives, any finances, any gifts. Uh, he wants us to enjoy life, but he doesn't want us to indulge in luxuries and wastefulness. Mm. I'm not saying we can't, uh, you know, we're supposed to enjoy life, but also we're supposed to be wise in what he brings into our lives. Yeah. But I also think that, you know, God abundantly provides in many ways. Again, things we may not recognize, like the sunrise, mm, like the mm -hmm. baby, like the, there's so many things that God provides for us that we need. Our soul needs it. Mm. Our hearts need it. Mm -hmm. Our spirit needs it. And God provides. God provided the Holy Spirit for us. All those things were provided for us. And we don't necessarily think of that as provision normally. As mm. humans, we think mm -hmm. of provision as being money or vehicles or enough money to buy a vehicle or enough money to buy a house or enough money to buy food. Money is not the object here. It's the basic needs that we have. And there are times when we need to see a bird in flight mm -hmm. and that does it for you. There are times when we need to see a flower. There are times when we need to, to understand those things. Another time, another reason I think that we, we should be able to rely on, on the provision of God is the fact that we know he's, you know, he's a compassionate God. Mm -hmm. You know, when Jesus, uh, Mark 8 here, um, starting in verse 1, it says, During those days another large crowd gathered. Since they had nothing to eat, Jesus called his disciples to him and said, I have compassion for these people. Mm -hmm. They've already been with me for three days and have nothing to eat. 
If I send them home hungry, they will collapse on the way because they've come a long distance. That was a fundamental need that people had that Jesus saw and, and solved. It wasn't necessarily a spiritual need. It wasn't some highfalutin religious thing. He said, they're hungry. And I have compassion for the fact that their basic needs need to be met. And he fed them with the seven loaves. He fed everybody. Mm -hmm. And, you know, God takes care of things from the small to the big. Mm -hmm. And he takes care of things we don't even realize we needed and we get it. And I think, you know, God doesn't reluctantly give us things. No. I think he actually probably wants to give us a whole lot more stuff. But you have to be careful just like with a... A child, you can't just give a child everything he or she wants because they get spoiled. Mm -hmm. I mean, they get bad attitudes. They they focus on gimme, 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 and and you don't want that for a child. It's ugly when you see a child that's so selfish, you know, and and badly behaved. God wants us to be wise, compassionate, loving people, and. So he has to be careful in what he does give us. Because, I I mean, I think when we go to heaven, we'll have absolutely everything. Right. And he's not trying to withhold things from us. He, he graciously gives us whatever, you know. And he asks us to do the same. Yes. Um, Second Corinthians 9 here. Starting in verse 6 says, remember this, whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly, and whoever sows generously will also reap generously. Each of you should give what you have decided in your heart to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. And God is able to bless you abundantly, so that in all things, at all times, having all that you need, you will abound in every good work. Mm -hmm. um, you know, that's the challenge God gives us. To, try me. Yeah, try Test me, me on this. You yeah. think you can't? You th you think you can outgive me? Try. Mm -hmm. You think you can outbless me? Try. Mm -hmm. You think that it's possible for you to to give more than I can give? Try. Go ahead. And I I love that that concept that God asks us to try and in our own way try and emulate Him with our blessings. Mm -hmm. And I, I we know the the benefit of that. Right. We felt the benefit of that. Uh, you know, if, if you can give someone something they need, what a great feeling it is. Yes, what a wonderful yes. thing it is to surprise someone with something that they need that you can provide. Mm -hmm. And uh, again, I, I see God reflected in that and that I'm sure he feels the same way about us. He loves to, he loves to take care of his children. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And we, we can never outgive God. No. And I think that I, I, and we mentioned this in, in our our podcast on greed, but I think uh, I believe uh, giving is a sign of spiritual maturity, mm -hmm. and the more we give, the less that wealth or not wealth, the love of money will have its uh, claws into us, and we have to fight that love for money because when you have a bunch of money, you can hoard it or you feel a little powerful because you can go do this and this and this and we have to or in fear you hoard it yes because you're afraid mm -hmm. i can't give because if i do maybe i won't have enough later yeah and we so, have to guard yeah. against every form of greed that's right. what jesus says so 
the more you, if you just give, give, give and give sacrificially, like Jesus says, the, the woman who gave two pennies. Because it was all she had. Two cup, and, and. Right. And it doesn't matter if you're not able to give huge amounts of money or if you're not, anything that you give from the heart is what counts. It might be your time. It might be, it might be, you know, taking the time to listen to someone needs to talk or whatever. Hebrews 13, five says, keep your lives free from the love of money mm-hmm. and be content with what you have because God has said, never will I leave you. Never will mm-hmm. I forsake you. And here's this verse because uh, testing God in, in need or in finances is really the only time I think he tells us to test him. Like, all of us, it says uh, in Malachi 10, says, and therefore put me to the test, says the Lord of hosts. If I will not open the windows of heaven for you and pour down for you a blessing until there is no more need. And I'll, I'm going to read 11 too. I will rebuke the devourer for you, so will not destroy the fruits of your soil. And your vine in the field shall not fail to bear, says the Lord of hosts. Then all the nations will call you blessed, for you will be a land of delight, says the Lord of hosts. And that 10 starts bring the full tithe into the storehouse mm. that there may be food in my house. And I want to mention that because I don't think it's Jane's opinion, but I feel scripture backs it up. Is that one verse you wrote, God loves a cheerful giver. No, mm-hmm. you wrote, you, you, you I read it, read it. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. You didn't read it, write it. Paul did. But I don't think there's any percentage that God demands of us. He just wants cheerful givers. But, uh, Traditionally, the tithe, by definition, that word is 10%. And I think that's a great place to start. It is a great place to start. But it's not, you don't need to stop there. No. And then... But that's a lesson that we have learned over the years, too. Mm-hmm. It's not something that we started with. It's something that we learned over the years. Mm-hmm. And I think you get better at giving. Right. You know, and if you have a hard time giving because you're afraid you won't have enough, ask God to help you become a really a cheerful giver and ask him for courage to give because that's one thing. If you give to God, you'll never regret that gift. Hmm. God will use it. You know, that's the best place to invest money is with God. Right. And I think it's, you know, when I look back, like I said, if I look back over our marriage and the things that we've gone through in our marriage, there have been times when we have been, following God and it seems like there was a money block put up. Hmm. Something is saying, Oh, but you can't do that because of this. Um, recently, of course, it's just coming up here, moving up here, mm-hmm. giving up a job that I had with the state that I'd had for 14 years. And I was, I was making pretty good money. I had the state retirement. I had all that kind of stuff set up. And a lot of people would have said, why would you give that up? Mm-hmm. Because I did not have a, when I came up here into ministry, I did not have a job yet. Just, just a minister. And God and provided, yeah. God provided that opportunity for me later on. And, but that was, it was a leap of faith to do that. Mm-hmm. But I also think back like to our adoptions. Oh, and we have we, a zillion stories of God's. There is no way we provision. could have afforded. And I remember there was a group from somewhere in the South and I can't remember what they were. And it was a singing group or somebody. Donated a bunch of money for us for the adoptions. No, it wasn't. It was actually a, a family in the South okay. that like almost paid for 
Peter's entire adoption. I mean, I don't even know who it was. And there's so many ways God has stepped in and provided. Um, when we were adopting Maggie and they said, no, you can't. God provided the one person that could have said something to someone that mm -hmm. changes everything. And it all changed because of God putting his foot in the door. And I was in God Man said, no, God said, watch me. Yep. And then, <laughs> and, and God has provided us. We've been given vehicles several times, oh, nine or 10 times in our marriage. I mean, God will give practical things. Mm. He'll give you the thing you need. Uh, we've out of the blue, we've been sent checks that we never expected. And, mm -hmm. uh, and it's all by people who have faithfully been following what God said. And they never knew that we needed something. Right. Sometimes it was, they had no idea why, but they felt God led them to do something. So they went with it and following God's, um, guidance in that his inclination in that in whatever way it is, is again, I think that's a sign of spiritual maturity. And it's fun. God gives you a, God gives you a nudge one direction. Just do it. And you say, okay, God, I'm going to do this and stick it out there. You know, always pray, always seek God for, for, uh, guidance and things. But if you were led by the spirit to do something, do it. Yeah. You don't question it. Don't, just do don't it. double think it. Don't overthink it. Don't sit down and, and put it into an accounts book because it'll always come up short. And then because God is beyond that. Yes. And I will say, um, sometimes God tells you to give something and part of you might feel foolish because it sounds silly to do it, or it sounds like you're being, uh, irresponsible or, mm. or whatever. But if you know, you have this nudge that you're supposed to do some, just do it and, and just tell yourself, I don't care. I'll look like a fool. But it doesn't matter. Jesus told me to do it, and it will come out great. Yeah, God provides in so many ways, and He has. I mean, we we could tell story after story after story about how God has provided for us in times when the world would have said that's not possible. You mm -hmm. can't do that. Mm -hmm. It's not going to work. And, like almost and God has marriage. always done that. Yeah. yeah, everything. I mean, from the very beginning, when we got married, and you got pregnant with Ryan. And you were going to leave the military because of the situation we were in. It wouldn't have worked to still stay in the military. Um, I was in and you were out. And on paper, that was never going to work. No, never. Because even uh, before we paid bills, because we had two vehicle payments that were coming out at the time, before we paid bills, we only had $300 and our rent was 350. So it was impossible. So we didn't even have enough money on paper to pay rent, no. let alone but God, everything else. God provided in, in miraculous, miraculous ways. ways. Yep. I'd be gone somewhere and I'd, my travel pay would cover a bill when I got back. Mm -hmm. So it was more than we thought we were going to get, mm -hmm. you know, little things in some people's eyes, but to us at the time, it was huge, mm -hmm. made a huge difference. And we have gone through, you know, all the different places I've worked and the different things we've done. And, you know, when I was horseshoeing and working as a deputy, the money as, as a deputy was never going to cover Oh my gosh, our they needs. paid you horribly. But <laughs> whenever we needed, mm -hmm. somebody would call up and there'd be an appointment and I'd go shoe horses. And mm -hmm. we'd, we'd, cover that. Mm -hmm. It was just 
one after another after another blessings that we've experienced. And I think one of the challenges we have as humans is to, first of all, acknowledge that. Secondly, expect it mm-hmm. and live, live, live expectantly, live that way. Um, and when the disciples asked Jesus how to pray, they said, he said, give us this day our daily mm-hmm. bread. Mm-hmm. We go back and look for provision daily. Mm-hmm. With the full understanding that God wants to provide. Yeah, and he plans on doing it if we let him. Right. Because we can take over and have a meager, constricting life, even if it doesn't look constricting on the outside. But if we live the abundant life, he He wants to provide. And I, and I think that this is a, a lesson. He wants all his kids to learn. And I think even now, you know, um, blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Not necessarily was Jesus taught, that's from the Sermon on the Mount. Mm. Not necessarily was Jesus talking about the poor as in financially. But if we can understand we all are poor without Jesus, but if we can come to Jesus from a a place of need Mm. and we learn to rely on him, just our faith will explode. And I think actually... To learn this lesson, it is easier if you're actually scraping by because you actually have to do it. If someone is financially completely in a great place, I think it would be hard if that's where they've always been to understand Mm -hmm. what that need is. And so I am grateful for, for where God has brought us, taken us, put us through because all of it has made our lives richer and made our faith stronger. Right. And, um, yeah, the Jesus in, in John 10 says the thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I have come that they may have a life and have it to the full. Some Bible say abundantly, abundantly. That's above and beyond. Yeah. That's, that's more than he has come so that our life here will be fulfilling. Not just, you know, surviving till we get to heaven, but actually fulfilling while we're here on earth, which is an amazing gift. It's an amazing gift from God. Mm-hmm. All right. We are about there. You got one we, final word. Uh, well, I just want to read this. This is a little thing on what you just read. Um, Jesus invites us into his life and, um, Jesus, by means of John's story, invites us into his life, God's life, in ways that are immediately accessible. The simplest grammar is employed to invite us in as participants in the story. And I think that's all of life is God's story, his Mm. story, history. It's everything is about Jesus and about, and, and so of course he wants to provide. I will I have a problem with that stuff where people, there are preachers that say, if you follow God, you're going to be rich. I mean, no. you're, it, that's wrong. That's not a promise of God. That's not a promise. That's the promise of God is that he will take care of you. And, and he may take care of you uh, in a very small way mm-hmm. and not in a big flashy way, but he's taking care of you. Mm-hmm. And if you're content in that. If you are content in where God has put you and what you are doing, and if you are following God and you are content in that, he may provide 
abundant, crazy big, yeah. abundant for you. He may provide just what you need, but it doesn't matter. No, it doesn't matter. Because when this life is over, whether we had a new car or a really good old used car that runs, it doesn't matter mm-hmm. because God is taking care of all of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, trust well, we're him. We're going to roll this over, but yeah, there's a challenge for you right in all this. Trust him in everything. And I will say one more thing. We've been trying to do once a week, but life's kind of getting in the way. and We're going to fight that and come back. Yeah. So thanks for listening and, and share us, share our podcast with other people because I, I think we bless them. We'd love to hear from you if you have something you want us to talk about or you have a question about something we say or anything like that. Just let or us know. We'd love to hear from you. If you want to be a guest on the show. That'd be fun. There you go. There you go. You could be a guest. All right. All right. Thank you. God bless.